Welcome to the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast, covering the most essential areas of personal development for ultimate success, your health, wealth, and happiness. Your host, Natalie Bailey, the Confident Entrepreneur. Natalie is a confidence coach, property developer, and bright red-haired fitness fanatic who is going to take you on a journey to confidently create a more inclusive, more successful, and fulfilled life. Get listening, take action, and unleash your inner confidence. Yeah, so welcome to the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. This is a very, very special episode. Um, Thank you for joining us anonymously. Mm -hmm. So this is part of the Sexual Confidence mini-series, and um, we're here to talk sex. (laughs) So do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, a little bit about your story? Well, my story is that uh, I was a journalist for 28 years until 2013, uh, and on December the 16th, 2013, 13, so nearly seven years ago now, um, I suffered a, a massive stroke. And I had an artery burst in my brain, uh, wow. which left me paralysed down the left-hand side of my body for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. And I, obviously I collapsed into a, a road, um, and I was almost hit by a bus. There was a bus coming down the road um, onto which I collapsed, and it missed me by a couple of feet. And I managed to I managed to crawl across the road, um, was blue lighted off to hospital, um, spent a month in hospital, um, and then spent four months in a wheelchair, eight months housebound, um, and seven years nearly seven years on I'm still here. Well you're still alive, so that's a massive win. That must have been a horrendous experience for you. How did you feel through that time? Well, I've had people say to me, did you lose consciousness when you had the stroke? Um, And I absolutely didn't. I can still picture that bus missing me by a couple of feet. Yeah. Uh, I can still remember the explosive headache that I had when the artery burst in my brain. Uh, It was was a difficult experience. I mean, being paralysed for fortnight down one side of your body is is very scary because you just never know when it, when or if it's going to come back. And, yeah. and in my case, in my case, I suddenly woke up one morning in hospital and I could feel something down my left side. Whereas for the last two weeks, I've not been able to feel anything. Feel anything. And through intensive physiotherapy and intensive hard work, it gradually came back to the point now where, although I have a a very weak left wrist. I can't, and I walk with a limp. You, you, if you looked at me, you wouldn't know that I had a stroke because yeah. all of the all of the issues that I have are uh, cognitive cognitive issues, uh, memory loss, uh, fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's all inside my head. It, it's not physical. I don't have any physical manifestations of having yeah. had a stroke. How how does that compare to how you were before? I was perfectly healthy before, yeah. as far as I knew. Uh, I, as far as I knew, I was a relatively fit 49-year-old. I, I, I didn't know, I didn't, I wasn't aware that I had any issues with cholesterol yeah. or blood pressure or anything else like that. You know, and what about, I, your, 
What about your mindset and your, your, your confidence in yourself and how you lived? Well, I've often said that the stroke was the worst thing that's happened to me, but it was also the best thing that's happened to me in a way. Because okay. before I had the stroke, uh, I wasn't the most confident of people. I was always one of those people who would be um, a very good number two in a team. I I was I was the one who would um, carry out instructions, but I wasn't very good at issuing instructions, giving mm-hmm. out ideas, that kind of thing. Whereas now I have a podcast, I have a blog, I do public speaking, which I would never have done before I had the stroke. Um, I'm just about to write a book about my experiences. All yeah. of these are things that I wouldn't ever have ever contemplated before I had the stroke. So it's almost a blessing in disguise. You, you say? Could, it's, it's a strange way of putting it, but yes, in some ways it is, yeah. It, it's, so you, it's changed my life in lots of bad ways, but yeah. it's also changed my life in lots of good ways. So would you say that you're a more confident person now? Yes, I am, definitely. Yeah. So obviously we're here to talk about sex <laughs> as well as, you know, everything else. And um, what was, what was, how did, how did the stroke change things for you for, in your relationship? Well, my wife and I have been married now for 30 years. So at the time it was 23 years. And before the stroke, we'd had a pretty active sex life for mm-hmm. someone of our age. Um, <laughs> we, we'd done most things we could, you know, we could have, we could have sex fairly fairly well, and we tried yeah. a few things. But when I came out of hospital after my stroke, my legs were so stiff, and so um, it was so difficult to move my legs that having sex conventionally was a really difficult uh, thing to do. Penetrative yeah. sex was pretty much impossible because I couldn't get into position to move my legs. So when you can't do that, you have to think outside the box. You have to think about other ways of having sex. You have mm-hmm. to think about other positions. You have to think that sex doesn't necessarily mean penis going into vagina. You have to think of other ways. If you're, go- if you're going to preserve your sex life, yeah. and we definitely wanted to preserve our sex life, you have to think of other ways. Yeah. And so we've had... So you got creative. You have to, yes. And... and one other thing I would say is that it's a, it's a well-known scientific fact that the brain damage caused by a stroke can either cause your libido to go straight to the floor and collapse completely and then you're just not interested in sex, mm-hmm. or it can change your libido and it can increase your libido massively. And I've found in my case that it's increased my libido massively. <laughs> Amazing. Which, is, which I suppose you could say is another blessing in disguise. So what do you, how do you and your wife do things then? We've got creative sex, as I said, doesn't necessarily mean penis and vagina. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be touch, it can be taste, it can be, you know, showering together, it can be um, mild bondage, it yeah. can be dressing up, it can be you know, feathers and slight spanking and, and stuff like that. 
just that we would have never never tried before. We we've got a we've got a very extensive collection of sex toys now, which we didn't have before. Awesome. <laughs> I think it's important to get, get creative and explore and figure out what what each other likes. So, would you say that having the strokes improved your sex life? Oh, massively. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And one one of uh, it's also it's also taught us that it's important to schedule sex because you know life is hectic, life is busy. You can put t- you can you can put time aside and say yes, that night is going to be when we'll set set aside for sex, and yeah. then something happens and it it doesn't happen. But what we've found that if you say right that afternoon every week. It's two hours of sex, and then you do it. It's like it's like scheduling scheduling something in your business. You schedule it to set aside yeah. for it to do it, like doing your accounts or something. Uh, and we found that setting setting aside time for it is is really really important. And that means that you actually do it rather than say other things getting in the way. It's like yeah. people having date nights and making sure that they're actually spending time together as a couple and, and doing that. So what's been the, the the best way you've found to explore new ways since life changed for you? Well, someone who I know um, who is a sex therapist sent me, sent me a list that she has on her website um, of 75 ways to have sex that don't involve penis and vagina. And right. we've used that list. Uh, we've tried most of the things on that list. Some of them we don't like. Some of them have become a staple of our sex life. Yeah. Um, and, and that we found really important. So the sex therapist helps? Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to say that we've been to a sex therapist. We haven't. No. But the stuff that she showed, she, she's a personal friend of, of mine. Right. And she directed me to this blog, to this blog that she'd written on her website with these 75 ways. And seeing those has really helped us because you go through that list there are going to be things on that list that I like that my wife wouldn't like or, and that she likes that I wouldn't like. And you yeah. go through that and you eventually work out the things that you both like or you'd like to try and yeah. you go from there. And how long did it take from your recovery to you being able to schedule in your sex time? Well... We didn't have sex for probably nine months after the stroke because I just wasn't physically capable of doing it because my leg wouldn't move. Um, right. And it took it took quite a while for us to realise the importance of, you know, use it or lose it when it comes to your sex life. So I would probably say that it was two or three years before we came to realise that you have to use it or lose it. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started talking about what are we going to do, how are we going to do things, you know, what can we do to make sure that we don't use, lose it? Because mm-hmm. when, you've been, when you've been together as long as we have, it's very easy to lose it if you don't keep up, keep up. Keep, it. Up, keep up with it. It's an, I think it's an important part of a relationship. It's a connection with someone, isn't it? It's that, you know, getting to know somebody else's body and having good or great rather sex in whatever capacity that is it helps to bond you, it connects you more in your relationship, but it's not just a, a physical act. I, I think that's true. And one of, 
I've seen some statistics from the Stroke Association which say that 42% of stroke survivors say that their relationship has been negatively impacted by their by their stroke. And that tends to be because they're not the person that their wife, husband, partner, lover married. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not the person I'm not the person my wife signed up for. Yeah. And I never will be because I've had brain damage. And now she is to a degree my carer. And yeah. when your lover is also your carer, that can cause real problems if you don't work at it. Yeah. And too mm-hmm. many too many uh, partners say, I just can't handle this and walk away. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot for a partner to stick with it and say, right, we're going to make this work. And I'm very, very fortunate that my wife has said she's going to stick with it and make it work. That's true, love, that. Mm. Because especially now, like, we live in a, such a throwaway society. Like, if something's broken, we throw it away, we get a new one. Like, you, you have changed as a person, and people do change, um, even without having, a, you know, having a stroke. And you either, like, grow together or you grow apart. So it sounds like you've got a fantastic wife who loves you and wants to stay with you and be with you and work things out, which is wonderful to hear because I hear so many people that don't want to, like, they just give up and you sound like a fighter. Oh, I'm a fighter. Um, I was, as well as the stroke in 2013, uh, I was diagnosed with epilepsy in 2006 uh, and I was born with a mild form of spina bifida and hydrocephalus. Um, So I've had my challenges in my life. (laughs) You've had to overcome a few things, so you're quite adept at um, adapting then. You have to be. Um, And and when when you've had a stroke, or you've had any sort of life-changing health event, you can't look back. You have to look forward, and it does change your perspective on life. Yeah. It does make you think about it does make you think about the positives rather than the negatives you yeah know, you, 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 I, I, I don't say why me and I don't say what if because there's, there's just no point worrying about that where do you find the strength and courage to have that mindset oh I wish somebody could tell me that <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a case I think it's a case of if you don't find that strength and courage from somewhere, then you'll just give up. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't have my bad days. I do. You know, stroke survivors are very prone to overthinking stuff. Uh, if we are, you know, let it, lockdown is a perfect example. Um, being at home all the time, it would be very easy to overthink stuff and worry about stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just can't afford to do that. No. So you, you've got to say to yourself, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to have rough days. But the, the good days will outdo the rough days. And we just keep going. And we take each day as it comes. I'm very much into mindfulness these days as well. Very much into live for the moment. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about the past. Just deal with now. It's a good point because now is all we have. It's not like, you know, yes, yesterday doesn't exist and neither, neither does tomorrow. So you can have all of the plans in the world, but unless you, you take action on them, like, as you say you will, 
and live like live in the moment I don't believe you can possibly like fully enjoy life I'm the perfect example of, of, of that about making plans because I you know before I stepped off that pavement mm-hmm. I, and my artery burst in my brain I was perfectly healthy so yeah. I had all the plans I had all the plans in the world my career was mapped out for me and then two seconds later suddenly my life changed I was mm-hmm. permanently retired from work I'm now reliant on my company pension and and disability benefits things have changed in so many ways that I couldn't I couldn't envisage you know five minutes before I had the stroke what would you say to people that have had something like that happen to them to help them to to be strong like you I, I really believe that the vast percentage of recovery or rehabilitation from any sort of uh, life-changing health event is mindset. If you think you can do something, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't think you can, can do something, then you'll find a way not to do it. Um, and I really think that that's, the, that's one of the most important things about rehabilitation from uh, a serious health event. You've got mindset, you can do mindset is everything and if you it's what is it it's the henry ford quote whether you think you can or you can't you're right yeah yeah exactly and it's having that i always say that it's not a case of i can't do this it's how can i do this so yeah. it's a bit like you with your wife and you're like right well we want to continue to have sex how do we do this so you got some help and you got creative and you figured you figured it out. And like, I like the way you schedule things in and try new things. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about this very thing. Yeah. Uh, about, you know, sex after stroke. And she was saying that her and her partner very much decided they weren't going to start thinking about, well, what can't she do? Mm-hmm. It's now going to be a question of what can I do? Yeah. And and that's meant that they've had to change the way they do certain things. But she wasn't going to she wasn't going to give up and neither were we. That's because you're fighting. It's mm. um and it, and you've obviously got a strong bond and a good relationship to to want that to continue as well. Well, you 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 have to have a a strong bond to have been together for thirty three years, which is what <laughs> me and my wife have been. Um, but yeah, well, the 33 years and the life-changing health event, you have to have a strong bond, otherwise it just won't work. Yeah. What's been the most fun sexual thing you've tried on that list that you were given then? Oh, how long, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, we, when I came back from hospital, uh, I couldn't move my legs. And we had to have... Uh, our bath ripped out of our house and uh, a, a, a wet room put in mm-hmm. with a sit down shower because it was the only way I could I could have a shower because I just I just couldn't move my legs to get into a bath. Yeah. So we we now really enjoy sex in the shower. Nice. <laughs> because I, you know I've got I've got a seat. I can sit on the seat. Yeah. You know, work, work, work it out for yourself. <laughs> there's all there's all there's all kinds of uh, there's all kinds of things you can do like that. I think it's really important one to be creative anyway, but overcoming something that's so drastic and that could have devastated you and just ruined your life has actually 
made it better. Yeah, that's a that's a difficult thing to 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 explain and to get your head around it. Yeah. It has made it better in lots of ways. Yeah. But I can't deny that it's ruined it in lots of other ways as well. Yeah. So, taking my company pension 15 years early wasn't wasn't the greatest thing to do, but I didn't have any choice. Yeah. Um being retired from work at the age of 49 when you're supposed to be the breadwinner wasn't the best thing that could have happened to me mm-hmm. but I had no choice but you just have to focus on on the good things on on the things you can do now that's exactly the way that I think as well it's like find the find the the positives there's a, there's always a positive in in a negative situation and if you focus on those bits then things will improve mm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the you have to be positive to get through the minefield, which is benefits in this country. Yeah. And <laughs> there are so many people who just work, try to work their way through the minefield, and give up because they can't deal with it, or they haven't got the mindset for it, or it's too much trouble. Um, I'm not one of those people, and because I was a journalist before I had my stroke, you know banging on doors and complaining and shouting and trying to find things out is yeah. what I do and that's what's helped me to get through that mindful. But if you haven't if you haven't got that positive mindset then yeah. it's too it's very easy to give up. Yeah, it is. What would you recommend to people then to have a more confident and positive mindset? I, I do mindfulness. Um but it's it takes a lot of changing the way you think about things. And and I, I don't know that I can explain that. Um, I changed my mindset because I had to. I had no choice. Mm-hmm. When, when you've had something like a stroke happen to you, you're either going to fall in a hole or you're going to try very hard to get out of that hole and move on with your life. Mm-hmm. I decided straight away that I was not going to fall down that hole. I was going to get out of it and move on with my life. Yeah. That's not the easiest of things to do. But I didn't think I had any choice. No, I think that's very inspiring as well. And I hope that, that that this episode gives other people hope and inspiration to want to either make change or overcome their own battles, like what, like whether it's a, a stroke, something that just happens, whether it's lockdown or you know something that's outside their control. Um, this your story is phenomenal. Like the the way you've adapted um, is very inspiring. I have always taken the view with all the things that I've done after my stroke that if I can stop one person having to go through all the stuff that I go through every day, then I'm achieving something. If Mm -hmm. I can make people think about their lifestyle, if I can make people try to reduce their stress, um, if I can make people think about not doing 17-hour days and that turns out to be good for them, mm-hmm. then I'm, I've achieved something. I, I think I think the stroke has made me try to help people to not end up like I am. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, and I think this will help a lot of people, um, especially in terms of, like, finding finding solutions that you always have to look for the solution not focus on the problem right 
Exactly. Yeah. In, in, if I could find one sentence that's about what we're talking about, that's it. Look for the solution, not focus on the problem. We, yeah. we, we've done that with lots of other things as well as our sex life. But yeah, that's, that's absolutely the right to look at it. Yeah. So would you say your sex life's better now than it was before? It's different. Different. In that we do things that we wouldn't have done before. Yeah. And a, a varied sex life has got to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, just 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 straight up and down penis as you say. <laughs> Uh, that's boring right like twice a week you're boring Um, (laughs) try some new things and and we don't do that anymore because Mm -hmm. you know it just it just isn't what it isn't it's it's more difficult for us to do partly because of our ages and partly because of my my health so you just try other things so what would be your recommendations then to people to get to 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 be creative if they if they're feeling not confident enough to do that? Um, just think of things that you can do. I mean, I, I can give you um, the details of this website and, and this blog. Um, that would be awesome. I think that's, a, that's as good a way to start it anyway. Um, because you, you just there are, there are so many things on there that we, we found helpful. I, mm-hmm. I would absolutely recommend it. Well, that would be perfect. So the listeners, um, you will get some access to some great sex tips, <laughs> um, which is part of the point of this. It's you know about finding creativity, overcoming challenges, and having better, you know, and having better sex. Having it's not just like more sex. I wrote an article recently, um, and it was like, "Are you having enough sex?" And it's not about are you checking like 15 people a day? But it's about, are you connecting with your partner enough, like properly and trying new things? So it will be great to be able to share that resource with the listeners as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, if you could leave people with one top tip to increase their confidence, what would it be? Um, it's not a case of just one thing. Uh, you, you have to change your mindset. And, and that changing your mindset doesn't happen in five minutes. And it doesn't yeah. happen through just one thing. Through just one thing. It's a, it's a long process. I mean, it's, take, it's taken me probably seven years to get to the point now where I am a lot more positive than I was. And I still have my bad days. Um, but it's, if you can find ways to help you change your mindset, then use everything you possibly can. Awesome. I think we'll leave that there so that people can use that and take everything um, on board. I think you've got a fantastic story. Um, I'm glad that you have found a way around your your issues. Um, thank you very, very much for your time. Um, and obviously, as we said, this is uh, totally anonymous mm-hmm. <laughs> for protection of everyone. Um, but I just want to thank you again because I think this is a really wonderful story and I think it will help a lot of people. So thank you very much for joining us on the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with people you think it will help and stay tuned and subscribe for weekly episodes. 
follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn and YouTube by searching for Natalie Arabella Bailey and join the Better Together for a Gold Star Life Facebook community to improve your confidence, network and life.